Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Congrats and big ups to the Clemson Tigers. Order has been restored in the Palmetto rivalry. Clemson versus South Carolina. Clemson's name once more goes first. Rule number six of sports fandom. You win the most recent rivalry game. Your name goes first in the rivalry order. Back to Clemson, South Carolina. It is fantastic to have you guys with us coming up in this hour. At 5.20, we get all caught up with uh, high school football, the results from over the weekend with our guy Cole Bryson. Diesel and I are getting very, very close to the final moment. The last time we get to do this, give you the four teams that ultimately will make the college football playoff. We've got the top five at five coming your way momentarily, but before we do that, we get to our guy Rich in Chicago, who is up next. Rich, hope you and yours had a happy Thanksgiving, my friend, and uh, we appreciate your patience. What's up, man? It's okay. The same to you. I, uh, you know, you uh, struck a chord. I was calling about Frank Reich, but I'll give you something brief that some intel from Gatorland. I think I sent this to you, but they've had 11 decommits so far this year. Oof. Are you with us, Rich? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, 11 decommits. And then I took a, a quick look at the 2020. And uh, it looks best case six and six. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, my my feeling is, Rich, you can do the whole schedule thing and where are the wins going to come from, but there are always teams that are better than you think and always teams that are worse than you think. No, there were a lot of teams last year, for instance, that had Missouri as a win. Florida had Missouri as a win, right? 
and then it didn't end up yep. being like a like a a win at all, right? So you never know some of these things in terms of where they're going to be. Florida had a top three class. Now Florida has a top five class for next year. They've got to hold on to that to the best of uh, to the best of their ability. At the same time, you know, Florida now, Rich has had three consecutive losing seasons for the first time in 78 years. All right. Um, Billy Napier oh. has started at Florida with a record of 11 and 14. Okay. The record is 11 and 14 in his first three years, in his first two years, rather, at the school. Right. That is pathetic. That is awful. That is way worse than Ron Zook was, than Jim McElwain was, than uh, Will Muschamp was. Way worse than all of those guys, right? And it's it's unacceptable. So he's got to be better, and he's got to be better very, very quickly. All right, well, I think it's a foregone conclusion. I kind of factored in the uh, maybe you're not the same team next year as you were this year with a 6-6 six and six record, but their schedule, as you might suspect, is going to be in the top five again in terms of difficulty. It certainly will. It certainly will. But, look, that's not an excuse at the University of Florida. Rich, this last year, oh. Florida had the toughest schedule in America in which to get to six wins, right? But at Florida, you're supposed to overcome that and get to six wins anyway. And they gave Arkansas Arkansas's only SEC win of the year. You can't do that. You can't do that, right? Right. But anyway, let me let me get because I know you know I want to be brief here. You're up against it, but uh, here's the latest, and and this is very reliable about the NFL coaching carousel with Frank Wright going down. The uh, the interesting thing to me is you can take a look at the next couple that will fall. This is a very much a as you know, the NFL is kind of a copycat league, and I think you're going to see two things happen, and really the first thing I think will be. Eberflus, tonight's game will steal his fate in that the Bears' open week is next week after the Viking game, which is the perfect opportunity to get launched. So I think when you look at Vegas, the odds of him being fired, because you can obviously bet on that too, is plus 450, and the other guy will be Staley. You're going to see the Chargers and the Bears guy go down largely due to the action taken on right. Because it's a, it's a lot easier when you see a coach launch in season to be the next guy to step up to do it. You're right. Hey, Rich, great to hear from you, buddy. Hope you and yours had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Don't bother to watch tonight. It'll be uh, yeah. <laughs> you, You're better off watching the cooking show. Yeah, uh, hey, listen, man, we, we do a cooking show now, so I invite you to check it out, buddy. Uh, it's on uh, – all you got to do is look up Ingles, I-N-G-L-E-S, on YouTube. You'll see my beautiful yep. wife and I right there doing a cooking show. There you, there go. you go. Invite you to check it out. Yeah, to his point, uh, in the modern era, guys, here are the records for Florida football head coaches in their first two years. Okay? Modern era. Urban Meyer, 22-4. and four. Steve Spurrier, 19-4. and four. Dan Mullen, 21-5. and five. Fourth place, Jim McElwain, 19-8. and eight. Fifth place, Will Muschamp, 18-8. and eight. Sixth place, Ron Zook, 16 and 10. Last place, Billy Napier, 11 and 13. It's totally unacceptable. Totally freaking unacceptable. It's time for us to do that jam. 
We call it the top five at five, the top five biggest sports stories of the day. Gave you guys a, a few sec, a few more minutes to get off of work today before we got to it so you can get in the car and make sure you were locked and loaded to ready to go. It's the top five topics we're discussing. Ladies and gentlemen of the Upstate Offsiders, the top five at five starts right now. And now, the top five at five. And five, four, three, two, one. Hit it. Five. Look, man, all congrats in the world to Clemson. It's not easy to go to Williams-Brice Stadium and come out with a victory. How good is Clemson's defense? Well, my Florida Gators gave up 39 points to South Carolina in that building. Clemson gave up seven. And the reality is, folks, if I told you before the game and you're a Clemson fan that your team is not going to score an offensive touchdown, you wouldn't believe that the Gamecocks defense would play so well. And they did, held Clemson to under 320 yards. But, but you made South Carolina so demoralized, right? You hit them with body blow after body blow after body blow. That game was death by a thousand paper cuts, you know, uh, to the point where, you know, you weren't hearing the cock-a-doodle-doos and the applause and the noise so much toward the end of the third quarter because everyone could see what was going to happen. Everyone was resigned to the fates. Your noise wasn't going to make a damn worth of a, a, of a difference, right? The most talented quarterback that South Carolina's ever had was able to produce seven points against that all-world Clemson defense, right? Now, Clemson isn't where they want to be, but the last month has been very, very good. Clemson is poised to finish in the top 25 this season. That doesn't mean this season is a success. This season has still been a disappointment. But you're much further along than, uh, frankly, you were at this time last year. Okay? And there's hope for the future. And Clemson is facing, uh, is, is staring right in the face as a, at a pretty halfway decent bowl game. I'm hearing the names Oregon State and LSU banded about as, a, as possible bowl opponents for the Clemson Tigers. Next up. Four. At number four today, how about the coaching changes that we've seen thus far? Jonathan Smith goes from Oregon State to Michigan State. I think that's a hell of a hire for the Michigan State Spartans. Why would he go there? Michigan State's not half as good as Oregon State is. Well, as you know, they pay head coaches really well out there. Mel Tucker was getting $9 million a year. They're going to give him the resources they need to be. he needs to be successful. He was never going to get that in Corvallis. And he gets to go back to the Power Five. Oregon State and Washington State were the only two schools that weren't desirable enough to pluck, right? So this is the end of the line. Michigan State got themselves one of those guys that gets more out of less more so than any other coach in college football. Texas A&M gets Mike Elko. Is this a slam dunk hire? No. But their celebration and they're doing that weird cult thing at College Station, weaving back and forth and already singing the songs. And remember how awkward it was when Bobby Petrino left the Atlanta Falcons under the cloud of darkness and is done doing a woo pig suey a few minutes later? It has those kind of vibes, right? Um... There was beginning to be a little sense of panic settling in for A&M fans, right? Because who are we going to get? Oh, my gosh, we fired Jimbo Fisher for what? You fired Jimbo Fisher for Jimbo Fisher's defensive coordinator. I know Mike Elko can coach. Um, is this job going to be too much for him? I have no idea. All right. 
If I were to grade the two big hires thus far, Jonathan Smith to Michigan State is an A. Mike Elko to Texas A&M to me is a B or a B minus. But how about this coaching change? Next up. Well, Mark, before we get there, um, Josh Pate had something to say on his show uh, that I felt found really, really poignant. He was, uh, he was going after all the fans who have nothing but negative things to say about a new head coaching hire, saying that if we can't get a slam dunk hire, why are we doing this? Because nobody, nobody is landing what the internet, the collective college football fans believe is a slam dunk hire. They, they expect a Texas A&M to be able to hire a Dabo Sweeney away, to be able to hire a Jim Harbaugh away, to be able to hire a Dan Lanning away. Those guys aren't leaving their jobs. All coaching hires are a hope and a prayer. It's we hope that this guy can get it done. We hope this guy can bring the level of success he had somewhere else here. These mythical slam dunk hires, they only happen at Alabama because they got Nick Saban. They had a sitting national championship head coach and to have it actually work out. These things that, that, that fans are looking for are so very, very rare that they virtually don't exist. Here we go. Three. All, yeah, all that is true, Diesel. However, I'd add to that this. You know, these athletic departments are bowing to those unrealistic expectations when they fire Jimbo Fisher with $76.8 million left on, the, on their deal. You know, they're bending to that unrealistic pressure, you know? And then they're like, well, you're not impressed with Mike Elko? Oh, you just hired Jimbo Fisher's assistant. We had the guy, you hired the guy below the guy, right? So yeah, the expectations are out of line, but the, we're continuously seeing these athletic departments buckle under these expectations, right? At number three, Frank Reich is now cooked. You can take him out of the oven in Carolina. He's done. Look, guys, was Frank Reich good in Carolina? No, he wasn't. At the same time, what's the common denominator with all of this change in Charlotte? It's the owner, who is a loose cannon, right? Who is firing from the hip and firing everybody in his way. He is a meddlesome owner who does not stay in his lane, who does not get out of the way, and I've been told he is a tyrant. Dave Tepper is now on his fifth coach in seven seasons as the owner of the Carolina Panthers. So glad we ran that monster Jerry Richardson out, right? Oh, my gosh. Dude, like this. He this said a lady's butt looked good in the jeans that she wore on Casual Friday. Got to get that monster out of here. Yeah, look, man, uh, I can't. Like, I know that Jerry Richardson did wrong, okay? Sure. So I'm not going to make the comparison. I'm oversimplifying between, it, for sure. Right. I'm not going to make the comparison between him and Dave Tepper. But I can tell you, Diesel, that knowing your personality and knowing my personality, imagine you and I working for a guy as micromanaging as Dave Tepper is. You know, what coach that's worth his salt is going to be willing to sign on to work in that environment? At some point, folks, you got to look at the results. Five coaches in seven seasons, right? No playoff berths in seven years. Carolina made the playoffs four times in five years before he arrived. And Diesel, man, if we can find that clip from March where Carolina moved up to get that number one overall pick, I remember you and I being pretty livid about that when it happened in real time. Yeah. Like this is not a draft where there's this slam dunk number one pick at quarterback. Well, and at least it was hard to figure out. We didn't know who it was at the time. I remember and, saying all last season on the Carolina kickoff show, if you're going to do this, 
if you're going to move up, go get C.J. Stroud. I can't tell you how many times I said C.J. Stroud was going to be special at the NFL level. And then one poor test, one poor test shattered the whole thing for him and tanked the Carolina Panthers again. Yeah, and, and, and you know what, though? Like, they made a bad move, right? And, and Diesel, even if you traded up to get C.J. Stroud, you know, if you talked to – if you polled 10 NFL executives, five would have taken Bryce Young, five would have taken C.J. Stroud. There wasn't this – you know, there wasn't this, uh, you know, this, this consensus about who to take. And they gave up everything in a draft to move up and get that. So Dave Tepper had the expectation that that was the right move when it was the wrong move. Then he held Frank Reich to that expectation when he had Bryce Young and nothing around him and no offensive line and no weapons, right? And so he has unrealistic expectations because his moves and his hires have crapped the bed. The only thing I'm interested in hearing from Dave Tepper tomorrow is something we're never going to hear. Accountability for how he's run his franchise into the ground. I need six words from Dave Tepper. I don't know what I'm doing. That's the only six words that I believe I would believe coming out of his mouth. I don't know what I'm doing. Next up. Two. Michigan against Ohio State. Guys, Ohio State's cooked. You know, they're done. Um, And that's the beauty, right, of having a 14 playoff. You know, Diesel and I, there's going to be plenty of time to debate this in the offseason. But I, I, I think I love the fact, you know, th- those who want an expanded playoff are going to say, well, more games are going to be meaningful. That's true. But the biggest games will lose meaning. And they'll lose meaning because now all of them will have a safety net. Can you imagine Michigan-Ohio State being only for seeding? Oh, we don't really care about the Big Ten championship because it's all about the playoff, and we're both going to be in no matter what. So the game is going to feel like it loses something, and that is the game, right? Well, isn't it beautiful that the winner had to win that game to advance? It was a playoff game. What we love about college football is the regular season gives us playoff games. Michigan won, Ohio State loses, Michigan survives, Ohio State dies. That's a beautiful thing. Are you sure Ohio State is dead, Mark? Just about. What would they need to still have an argument to make the college football playoff? They'd need Florida State to lose to Louisville. They need Texas to lose to Oklahoma State. And then they'd need to win a debate against quite a few potential one-loss teams. Simply put, Ohio State is done. And they should be done. They lost. That's how it works. And that's a beautiful thing. And finally. One. South Carolina Gamecocks uh, finished with a record of 5-7. and seven. This season is a failure. I do not understand how any Gamecock fan could say Shane Beamer's seat isn't warm after this. Folks, I invite you to study the tenures of successful head coaches. They almost always take a significant jump up in year three. Well, Mark Ryan, Frank Beamer didn't. Well, Mark Ryan, Steve Spurrier at South Carolina didn't. Well, lads and lasses, this isn't then. We live in a very different world of impatience than we had all those years ago. you got to be able to show something by year three. And frankly, the talent that Shane Beamer compiled on this roster was embarrassing. 
was a, was a group of five or an FCS talent level on the on the lines, right? And you know the fact that South Carolina wasn't really even threatening in that game of the three thousand six hundred seconds in Clemson versus South Carolina on Saturday, there wasn't a single second of that game where I felt Clemson was threatened. Did you? Is Shane Beamer on the clock next year? Is is the clock ticking on him in 2024? What does he need to do to come back in 2025? If he can't get to at least 7-5 and five next season, I don't know why you'd want him back for year five. As it is through year three, Will Muschamp, a record of 22-17, and 17, a winning percentage of 564. Shane Beamer, a winning percentage of 529 and a record of 20 and 18. Will Muschamp was fired in year five for a record around 500. What does the future hold for Shane Beamer? And those are today's top five at five. Now it's your chance to chime in. What you can do at 844-FAN-PHONE, that's 844-F-A-N-F-O-N-E, that's 844-326-3663. The carpro.com text line is there for you at 71307. Just start your text with the word FAN and away you go. You can get to us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on YouTube, at the Fan Upstate on every one. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to us on YouTube. We'd love to have you. And finally, email. You guys can all email the show. Mark Ryan, that is M-A-R-C Ryan at thefanupstate.com. All the different ways you can get in touch with us here on the most interactive sports radio show anywhere. Coming up next, we will put a capper on a great high school football season with a host of the Saturday Scramble. Cole Bryson will do it next. Here on Offsides, we are the Fan Upstate. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, we are the Fan Upstate. Great to have you with us. Our high school expert, the host of the Saturday Scramble, Cole Bryson, joins us. Right now for the final time this year, it is time for state championship games. So uh, Cole Bryson joins us right now. Cole, um, where are we with the Upstate's performance? I know Greenville got knocked out this weekend. JL Mann had Dutch Fork dead to rights before choking away their own shot at a state championship um, I, I've got to feel like, and, and I see, you know, Daniel still rolling on and winning 
Abbeville, Abbeville took it on the chin. Christ Church is still there. At the bigger levels, 4A and 5A, this has been a massive disappointment for the Upstate this year, is it not? Yeah, you, you usually expect um, an Upstate school to be representing, especially in 5A, uh, whether it be from Region 2, 5A, uh, and then when 4A, you talk about 4A, Mark, I would have probably bet the bank. Uh, and Westside, hey, they're they're representing in 4A, uh, obviously with a win over Greenville Friday. I didn't expect Westside to be there. I expected Northwestern to be there. But Westside over in Anderson, uh, they've had a great year. Brian Lane has done a tremendous job there. and he, He's got those guys playing for a state championship. And, uh, yeah, you know, in 5A, it's obviously disappointing when you can't see a an upstate team make it to the state championship. But, man, J.L. Mann was so close, Mark, uh, led by nine points with two minutes to go. And we kind of thought that they had that one in the bag, just could not seal the deal down in Irmo on Friday night. Well, can you bring us into that, Cole? Because nine-point lead under two minutes to go, how did the wheels fall off there? Like, can you, can you give us the 4 one on that? Yeah, you know what, Mark? It's tough. I mean, when you're up nine with two minutes to go, we talked about it Saturday on the show, Alex and I did, about, you know, obviously teams are devastated not to make it to the state championship. No one likes losing in the upper state championship, Mark. But when you lose in the fashion that they did, J.L. Mann had a nine-point lead. They, um, let's see, I believe J.L. Mann allowed Dutch Fork to get the ball. in the. Oh, I see what happened. They punted. And uh, Tom Knott said it in an interview after the game that he was surprised that J.L. Mann punted uh, on the very final drive where they kind of stalled out. Uh, he, they punted to, to Dutch Fork, and Dutch Fork has uh, two really good weapons that are uh, punt returners and kick returners. And Tom Knott said in the postgame interview that he was surprised that they punted the ball, which allowed Dutch Fork to set up a very nice return Um on the punt return and get, I believe, to the 40-yard line or so. And then they hit a, a massive game-winning field goal with very little time. But, but you know, it, it was a tremendous story and a tremendous year for J.L. Mann. Scoot Watson did an incredible job. Uh, Ethan Anderson was a quarterback that they found to lead, their, uh, to lead their program that they didn't expect to be leading the program. But he just turned into one of the best quarterbacks in the upstate. But obviously, when you lose in the facet that they did, that's one mark that they're, they're not going to be able, be able to let go of for quite some time. Cole Bryson joining us here on the show, the host of the Saturday Scramble. Uh, text on the uh, a text line says, Cole, why is Dutch Fork considered an upstate team? Well, it switches, right? So basically Dutch Fork's in that Columbia area. And out of their region, uh, there's there was four teams that made the playoffs, and two of them went lower state, two of them went upper state because it's kind of, on that line, uh, on that divider line, if you will. So based on the seating in that region determines if you'll go upper state or lower state. So like, for example, if, uh, if Dutch Fork would have won the region, uh, like White Knoll did, uh, you know, it'd be a different story. Dutch Fork would be playing in the lower state playoffs uh, and White Knoll would be playing up here in the upper state. But because they finished two, they came up to the upper state and were considered an upper state school. You know what's interesting, Cole? I think Major League Baseball's postseason has just gotten to the point where it feels so random, right? Like, it's just like the best teams aren't winning. The teams that were fifth and sixth seed out of six seeds in uh, in the AL and NL met in the World Series. 
And I, you don't want to take anything away from them, but the system itself lends itself to having random results that feel like you put a bunch of teams in a blender and see which one it spits out. Um, it, it feels a little bit like that to me. I'm not suggesting they change the system, but it's just felt very random. Can you give me, Cole, a couple of examples where if we ran this back, you think, Mark, I think this team would still be alive, or here's what I think would be different if you ran it back this year? Well, obviously, if Dutch Fort were to have been in the lower state championship or, or in the lower state bracket, uh, you may have a team like Gaffney playing for a state championship. We thought we were going to see Dutch Fork and uh, and Burns for an upper state title after uh, you know the first round or so, but then Burns obviously lost in the second round to Hillcrest. But I think that would be the biggest one, Mark, because there's, that region's the only one that splits in 5A. Um, and I think that Dutch Fork being in the lower state, obviously I, they wouldn't be in the upper state championship, but I think that uh, a team like Gaffney would have a really good shot of playing in the state championship. How about Burns with a redo? Well, you know, Burns lost to Hillcrest, and Hillcrest is a team that nine times out of ten you would expect Burns to beat, uh, being a, a, you know, a, a team that is just full of talent. And uh, Hillcrest, a very good team. We saw how formidable they were this year. J.O. Mann beat them twice right at the end of the season, one to eliminate them. But, uh, you know, Burns, if I had to pick a different road for them, Mark, I mean, they finished as the one seed. You know, when you finish as the one seed, you're supposed to have the easiest road. Now, the first two rounds of the playoffs, I believe, were easiest for the two seed, which was what the Gaffney Indians had because, they played Lexington and Clover. Uh, Burns had Dorman and Hillcrest one and two. I got into a good debate with Lane Fowler, who does the colored commentator, uh, colored commentator with Rob Brown for Burns. Uh, we, we had a good debate about that, and uh, I argued that the two seed had an easier round in the first two rounds, you know, being Lexington and Clover. So sometimes, depending on seeding mark and where you, you know, where you fall, uh, you may have an easier road. Cole, can you tell us about this new South Carolina High School League rule, the multiplayer rule? What is what is this, and how is this going to change or alter competitive balance? Well, basically, um, what the high school league is trying to eliminate is uh, schools in 2A, like Gray Collegiate and Oceanside, they're playing for a state championship, and those are public charter schools. So, well, the multiplier rule – what they're trying to do is allow one student to count as three. It's a 3X rule. And the reason for that is you have these teams like Gray Collegiate and Oceanside who are public charter schools. And uh, Lou Bezjack came on my show a couple of weeks ago and did a really good job of explaining it better than I will. But uh, basically it's a competitive balance issue because these schools like Gray Collegiate and uh, Oceanside and uh, more popping up especially one in Spartanburg and Mountain View Prep that will be uh, be open next year. Uh, they have no school zone, so they can pull from wherever. Uh, you don't have to live in that zone to go to, a, to school there. So it's obviously easier for them to acquire talent uh, opposed to a public school that has to pull from the zones where the, 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 the students are uh, required to attend, right? Um, so with this rule, we'll see if it, if it helps, but you know, they tried it in Georgia. Uh, there was some pushback on it in Georgia. It's just really more marked to, to make it more competitive across the board when you're talking about these public charter schools.
All right, Cole, can we get your state championship predictions? All right, final high school football interview of the year. It is that time, Cole Bryson. What do we got? Absolutely. 1A, uh, Christchurch and Johnsonville, a rematch from last season where uh, Quinn Hatfield and the Cavaliers of Christchurch were able to bring that 1A championship home. I believe they'll do it again this year. I like Christchurch to repeat back-to-back in 1A. Uh, I like Oceanside in 2A in the um, public charter school championship, I guess, in 2A since Abbeville is not playing in it. And 3A, uh, Camden versus Daniel. I think this is going to be a really good game. Two evenly matched teams. Camden's had an exceptional season, and, and so was Daniel. Obviously, without a loss, I think this will be uh, really close. However, I am going to roll with the upper state team here. Daniel's uh, experience in the state championships, man, is second to none when you talk about that coaching staff. I like the Lions in 3A. Uh, 4A South Florence versus Westside. I think this one's going to be a, a slobber knocker. Westside, man, obviously I want them to win. I'm pulling for them. They're, they're super talented. They've had a great year. Uh, they have one of the best quarterbacks in the area. However, I do think South Florence, I've gone back and forth. I think right now that South Florence probably pulls it off in 4A over Westside. And then uh, finally, Mark, in 5A, it's a rematch from October, I believe October the 7th, uh, Dutch Sport versus White Knoll. Uh, they played in the region, obviously. They were in the same region against each other. And as I said a minute ago, two of them went upper state and two of them went lower state. And uh, White Knoll won the first matchup. And from the people I've talked to, I just I don't feel like White Knoll has an advantage coming to this game because Dutch Sport has won uh, seven or seven, six or seven straight games since that last loss to White Knoll. And it's hard to beat a team twice, man, especially in high school. So um, I like Dutch Fork to win the 5A state championship once again. Tom Knotts, all he does is win state championships. Cole Bryson has done a fantastic job all year long as our resident high school football expert, the host of the Saturday Scramble. Is this coming Saturday, Cole, the final Saturday Scramble of the year? It sure is. We'll do it one more time uh, live from Ingalls. And uh, we, you know, we've had a great year, but it has to come to an end and it comes to an end this Saturday, Mark. Cole, it's three. Uh, we're all, we're absolutely elated to have you back in the upstate, man. The upstate wasn't the same without you. And we've loved having you on this year. And uh, we look forward to continuing the coverage with you moving forward, man. Thanks so much for all you've done. Shining a, a, a brilliant spotlight on uh, Friday night lights here in the upstate. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate what you guys do, and I'll talk to you real soon. All right. Take care. Cole Bryson, you heard him right there, folks. Uh, I just I don't know how you can look at the results from the upstate and not just say, like, is the prevailing thought not just like, what a, what a disappointment? You know, guys, just consider what we've got in this football season on the high school level. On the college level, you know, the high school level sees Greenville make a run but fall short. Burns as the 5A state championship favorite. Dutch Fork is supposed to be in a, uh, in a transition year. They're in the state championship game again. If you can't beat Dutch Fork this year, when are you going to get them? Right? Uh, the, you know, Gaffney had high hopes. Burns had high hopes. Greenville had high hopes. J.L. Mann had a nine-point lead over Dutch Fork with two minutes to go and choked it away. 
Abbeville has been one, two, or three all year long. They lose to Gray. You know, when you consider the disappointment at the high school level, college level, South Carolina and Clemson, professional level, Carolina Panthers are the worst team in the league. Guys, I'm really not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I'm just telling you what is. I'm telling you what's going on. At least, Mark, I can say, and I only found, I'm not a good alumni because I just found this out like 10 minutes ago. My high school is in the final four of the 3A state playoffs in North Carolina. There you go. How about that? There you go. Let's, let's hope for a better, a better showing next year on all levels. Panthers, Clemson, South Carolina, high school level in the upstate, man. It's been a rough year. It's like, like look, you'll see some scars on me. I, we've been through a lot this year, man. We really, really have. All right, up next, Diesel and I will set you straight on who is making the college football playoff. That's next right here on Offsides. We are the Fan Upstate. Great to have you guys with us here on Offsides. We are the Fan Upstate. Truly do appreciate all of your participation on the show today. Congratulations, Clemson. South Carolina, back to the drawing board. Don't feel lonely, Gamecock fans. I'm right there with you as a Florida Gator. Um, Okay, Diesel, we usually do in this segment, who are the four teams that are going to make the college football playoff? Today, the extra twist that I'd like to add is add a number that describes your confidence level as to this pick, scale of 1 to 100. Now, I can tell you the scenarios right now. I think Washington is in with a win, but I think a loss is coming to them against Oregon, Pac-12 championship game, the final one. I think Texas is in with a win and a Florida State loss. Alabama needs a win and a Texas loss, okay? Ohio State needs Florida State and Texas losses and prayer. They need prayer. Yeah, they really do. Uh, You can't lose that game. And, again, that's the beauty of the four-team playoff, right? There's no safety net to a lot of these games. So without further ado, my friends, here you go. I'm ranking these teams in the order of confidence that I have that this team makes the college football playoff. Michigan State is – I'm sorry, Michigan State. Michigan is my number one pick because I'm 98% confident they're in. Did you guys realize this for a minute? Iowa has the worst offense in college football. If I told you that fact and I said, what's the team's record? Is it 2-10 and 10 or 10-2? and two? All of you would say 2-10. and 10. Worst offense in college football? By far, they're the worst offense in college football. They win every game 3-2. to two. But they win just about every game except this one. Michigan beats Iowa, 98% confidence. Michigan's in the college football playoff. I'm going to say Georgia is my second most confident pick. I'm going to say 90% confidence they're in. Did you watch Alabama-Auburn? Did that look like a team that's going to beat Georgia? Uh, Even if Georgia were to lose to Alabama, I still think there's a chance they'd get voted in anyway with one loss. Georgia, 90% confidence level. I've got Oregon at 86%. I think you're going to see a beatdown in Oregon's favor in the Pac-12 championship game. Oregon is 18th defensively. Washington is 96th. 86% chance Oregon exacts a measure of revenge against Washington. They make the college football playoff. Fourth most confident college football playoff pick. It's not very confident. I'm going Florida State. Kentucky, I mean uh, Louisville, lost to Kentucky. 
over the weekend. Our man Trey from Kentucky wants to highlight that. Kudos to Diesel for picking Kentucky in his upset pick, getting seven and a half big points in that game. So Louisville's not a world beater, but neither is Florida State. I know Florida State wins and they're in. I'm going to say 62% chance Florida State's in. So those are my numbers, okay? Michigan, 98%. Georgia, 90%. Oregon, 86%. Florida, 62% to be in. Uh, If there was to be a fifth most likely, right, who is right there knocking on the door, I'd say Texas. Because all Texas needs to do is beat Oklahoma State and have Florida State lose. All right? And if those two things happen, I think Texas is in the CFP. But for right now, Diesel, what do you say? What do you got? Yeah, I've got Michigan as my number one seed. Michigan is going to absolutely trounce Iowa. Maybe Iowa holds them to 28 points. I mean, that's just going to show how good Iowa's defense is to hold them to 28. Um, But I think Michigan's going to win that going away. So I feel really, really good about Michigan. Uh, I'm with you. What did you put yours, like 98%? Yeah, 98%. Yeah, I I, I think – I think Michigan scores 28 and Iowa scores 2.8. Yeah, that's how that <laughs> yeah, goes. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think Oregon is is going to demolish Washington yep. in that championship game. Feel feel fairly good about that. I'm going to say they're about a 70% chance of being in. I've got Georgia in at number three because I think they lose to Alabama in the conference championship game. Wow. I think the game is so good. That Alabama jumps all the way from, I don't know where they are in the CFP poll, but in the AP, they're at eight. I could see Alabama jumping all the way to four, getting in, setting up those two teams for a potential national championship game rematch. Here's the problem with that, Diesel. Um, What do you say to Texas, who won at Alabama? You know, and then Alabama and Texas have the same number of losses. Does that game not matter? See, that's why I say... Um, Alabama. I say the transitive property of winning shouldn't matter here. It's who's playing the best football right now. And if Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, that is far better football than anything Texas could accomplish playing Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, who lost to checks notes, notes South Alabama. Yeah, no, I, I I understand that Diesel, but Alabama beat. Uh, Texas beat Alabama. Yeah, I don't care. I don't. I'm, I'm telling you flat out, I don't care about that metric. I don't care about the transitive property of no, who no, no. beat who. The college football playoff committee doesn't look at it that way. Yeah, I think I Diesel. I, as a matter of fact, if you look at the CFP rankings, Texas has been ahead of Alabama the entire time for that very reason. That's not transitive property. That's head to head, brother. You know. So if you win head to head, that's got to matter. And so I think that's what's counting against Alabama right now. Now, if you beat the number one team, does that supersede losing to Texas? It very well could, but that's a debate that has that's going to have to happen uh, down the line. That's why that's a big reason why I still have Alabama out. Of I would remind I you that that game is, yeah. was September 9th, Mark. Yeah, that game yeah. was months ago, and right. that's why I say it doesn't hold as much sway if. Alabama beats Georgia. If they don't, then, you know, all hell breaks loose, and my my 14 bracket is busted. What happens, Diesel? What happens if Michigan win, uh, Michigan beats Iowa, Oregon beats Washington, Florida State beats Louisville? You got those three teams in, right? Though, th- no maybe. argument there. No argument there. Maybe. Uh, then you got – Maybe. It, 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 because the college football playoff doesn't look at resume. They, they look at most deserving, and they could say if Florida State – 
doesn't handle Louisville. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be that big of a problem for Florida State to get up for Louisville. I mean, it's it's the conference championship game. It was easy for them to get up for Florida because it was the uh, it's the state championship of Florida, basically. But um, I mean, maybe maybe Florida State has a letdown game, and and the backup quarterback doesn't play as well as we all thought he would. Uh, I've got the biggest question, okay, that remains to be answered in terms of what the committee is going to do in the college football playoff. We'll tackle that with you next in the 6 o'clock hour on the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the fan upstate. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.